Every year, the editors at Ward's Auto choose the top engines in the market for the annual 10 Best Engines Award. On this week's show, three Ward's staff members join us to discuss their picks for the 10 Best Engines. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. On today's AutoLine This Week, we're going to be talking about the best engines that are out there in the market. Every year, Ward's Auto World decides to test 34 different powertrains and determine which are the best. That's what we'll be talking about today, because joining us are three of those editors, including Tom Murphy, Bob Gritzinger, and Drew Winter. Great to have the three of you here talking about what your 10 best engines' latest results are. But before we get going, Tom, why don't you explain to the audience a little bit How do you evaluate these? Well, so this is the 25th year of the competition. We've been doing it the same every single year. The only thing that's changed is the price cap because we figure any expensive car should have a best engine uh, in it already. So it started out at $50,000 back in 1995, and now it's at $64,000 as a base MSRP. So anything under that cap is going to be eligible, and we only test the all-new engines or electric propulsion systems uh, that are in the marketplace. So we're not, we're not uh, testing, you know, engines that have been out there for a long time. We're only looking at those that have really been improved or are all new. And, you know, yes, it was 34 this year. Sometimes we've had as many as 40. Sometimes we've had as few as 25. You know, it all depends on kind of the development cycles of the automakers. And I, you guys don't test these as hardcore enthusiasts or, or just this as members of the public, right? I'm, this isn't at the track. This is how consumers drive their vehicles to and from work, on errands, out to the grocery store, taking the kids to school, whatever it is. It's just everyday driving. And it's also an industry award, too, more than anything else. So we take into account a lot of things that are uh, are important to the industry in terms of of cost and production and some other things, a lot of the technology issues that um, are important industry-wise. Well, let's get into what some of the 10 best are. What I'm intrigued are that there's three different pickup trucks from three different manufacturers who have all got an engine in your uh, 10 best. Uh, Tom, why don't we start with the, the Ford F-150 with a diesel, no less. I thought diesels were dying. No, no. Well, okay, they might be dying to some extent in the passenger car market, but in light trucks, uh, as, as you've known for years, you know, a lot of us have wanted this kind of light-duty diesel engine in a full-size pickup truck. And in the case of the F-150, it makes such a difference. Uh, incredibly smooth. And, you know, some people are, are going to say, oh, it still makes some noise. I don't really think it does. I mean, I think it sounds great. I think the character matches perfectly with a full-size pickup truck. Uh, and I really do enjoy that little extra sound that you get from a diesel in a pickup truck. And you know, you can tow 11,400 pounds. Pay, you know, the payload is 2,000 pounds. Uh, and uh, pricing is, yes, you're going to pay an extra four or five grand for the engine itself. But if you're getting 26 miles per gallon, which we were in our testing, think about that, 26 miles per gallon in a full-size pickup truck. Have you ever seen a number like that, John? No, I have not. So we did. We drove the vehicle for about 800 miles in and around Detroit and on the highway. And, you know, and so it was about the fuel efficiency. It was about the smoothness. Uh, and, you know, this is an engine that, yes, uh, was introduced by Ford back in Ford Australia in 2005. And it, it became kind of a Jaguar Land Rover engine. Ford has reclaimed it basically as their own, and it's yes, it's coming from you know, from the UK, 
uh, but it's been updated, it's been, it's been improved upon so that it could be working in a pickup truck, and uh, we, we just think it's a fabulous execution. And, and just one of the, the myriad ways that truck makers are changing or adapting their powertrains to be more efficient in pickup trucks. I mean, you have a diesel, we have this Chevy Silverado 6.2 with dynamic fuel management, which uh, can shut down any number, any combination of cylinders to uh, achieve better fuel economy. And then uh, the uh, Ram 1500 3.6 liter Pentastar V6 e-torque, which uses a 48 volt system to achieve the same goal, fuel economy in a pickup truck. And one of the things that sets it apart, uh, pickup trucks apart, is a lot of people uh, actually tow or haul pretty heavy loads. So that's where uh, diesels are especially good at that. I mean, they, they deliver good fuel economy normally, but when they're, when they're towing, towing a heavy load, they're much more efficient than regular gasoline engines. So that's, that's a strong case right there. Let's go back and uh, dive a little bit deeper into that Chevrolet Silverado 6.2 liter V8 engine. Bob, you, you brought up this dynamic fuel management and it can control any number of cylinders. How's that different from what they had before? Because they did reduce the number of cylinders when you didn't need as much power. And what's the new wrinkle? Well, but that was strictly eight to six to four or eight to four and this can shut down anywhere from uh, two down to, to two cylinders to, down to two cylinders, uh, and not not necessarily you know just this these two. It's that one, this one here. It's all these different configurations. It's all depending on what the driver what is, needs, what the driver is asking for. Is it uphill? Is it downhill? Is it is it a flat surface? That's a, uh, all these different iterations of the way that the cylinders can be drawn on almost. Uh, like you're pushing on the gas pedal and changing the 17 number of cylinders. different modes 17 different and they're seamless you cannot tell you when it's switching you cannot tell at all yeah. it, it's it's yeah. absolutely you know imperceptible well and and top it off with it is a big v8 making you know 420 horse 460 pounds feet of torque so and this controller can make 80 decisions a second on, on yeah. what, That's know, more than I can do. What the firing <laughs> sequence could be. So anyway, is is the, it, this dynamic fuel management? Is that what really put this engine on the top ten list? Do you yes. think? Yeah, it did. Uh, you know, in terms of fuel economy, you're getting a one, either a one or a two mile per gallon gain on either either city or or highway driving. So that's uh, probably about 10% or something like that. In some cases, 13%. Percent, yeah, and that's so, just pretty much done with software. Uh, yeah, yeah. So not a, not a huge amount of expense to get a right. fairly significant improvement in fuel efficiency. Right, but they did a lot of updating to the engine itself. They had to redo the head. The, you know, the mm -hmm. whole valve train had to be adjusted mm -hmm. to accommodate this system. Yeah. Higher compression. So, I mean, yes, the engine, uh, it's, it's, it's considered an updated version of the small block 6.2 liter. But they, they still have the older active fuel management system, that, you know, the system that Bob mentioned, that'll go eight to six to four cylinders. It, it's not quite as sophisticated, but you're, you know, you're still getting a gain there, and they're, they're still offering that on some of the other engines. On the 5.3, yeah. And, yeah. Let's talk about the, the Ram uh, e-torque engine. This is the first pickup hybrid, pretty well. They're, mild they're hybrid? Some, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a mild hybrid. Some years ago, GM, uh, Chrysler, and BMW all offered... Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the two-mode. Uh, yeah, the two-mode. The, the two-mode right. yeah. that made it into uh, some pickups. But 
What, what did you guys think, Drew, of this uh, e-torque system? Well, it's, it's really amazing how much just a little bit of electrification can transform an engine and all the things that it can, it can improve. Um, it, it, uh, it, it just really doesn't generate extra horsepower, but it kind of fills in the gap. It gives, it gives you a little bit of boost right during launch, and then it smooths out shift, change, uh, shift changes, and then it provides this really, uh, really slick uh, stop-start system, and it can and it can be stopped for a long time, and and um, uh, which saves a lot of gas if you're not if the engine isn't running at a stoplight or whatnot. But overall, it just provides this really smooth um, uh, package that uh, really impressed us. And I, I think the other thing was that we have all these different examples now of mechanically saving fuel and electric, uh, doing it electrically. So a really interesting mix of engines this year. Mm -hmm. And what's really cool is uh, FCA didn't have to do a whole lot of updating to the Pentastar engine. I mean, it's, it isn't updated from, you know, it's, it's updated from a couple of years ago, but it's not like they had to redo or redesign the entire engine. What they did, they spent their money on, on you know, the 48 volt development. And so the numbers, I think, uh, 305 horsepower, 269 pound-feet of torque doesn't sound overwhelming, but when you're driving it and you get an extra 90 pound-feet of torque at launch because with that electric a, motor, yeah, mm -hmm. and the you know with that electric motor, um, you can you can stand with your foot on the brake for 10 minutes, the engine will not kick back on. As soon as you take your foot off that brake, I mean, the crankshaft is just rotated immediately, seamlessly, no interruption, as Drew mentioned, and just really. Uh, gave us great fuel economy too, 22 miles per gallon in a full-size pickup. So again, you know, when you're when you're surpassing the 20 mile per gallon threshold in pickup trucks, that's a good sign. Particularly with four-wheel drive, right? Yeah. yeah. Besides that, you had a number of uh, hybrid electric vehicles here. Uh, let, let's dive into one of them, the Honda Accord Hybrid. Why'd that make the list? Well, uh, my feeling was that at the, the the design brief on this one was let's make this drive like an electric car, not like a hybrid. And it certainly feels like that most of the time. It just, the, the whole feeling you get, it's very fast, slick, uh, uh, and you get this great sound. And, and really, it's, it's a lot more like a battery-powered car than, than a hybrid. Everything is just so s smooth and refined and fast. 212 horsepower combined, you know, for, you know, for a vehicle the size of the Accord, that's, that's good juice, you know. Uh, and you know, the fuel efficiency was outstanding. It's, it's rated at 47 miles per gallon in the city, 47 miles per gallon on the highway. We were doing 40 miles per gallon during our admittedly heavy-footed testing. Uh, and it's priced at $25,100. And very smooth, very enjoyable, great driver, good price, observed fuel economy. Everything, you know, it, it checked all the boxes for us. You guys yeah. must have real heavy lead feet well, if it's rated at 47 and you're yeah. getting 40. Yeah. But still, that even says something. Right. If you're driving it really with a heavy foot, getting 40 MPG is impressive. Right. And it's, it's also a perfect fit for this vehicle. It just it feels like you have the exact right powertrain for this type of vehicle, this kind of buyer. Yeah, I mean, fun to drive and hybrid aren't usually used in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I think even our, our staunchest critics of hybrids this year were, were sold on the, on the Accord hybrid. I, I've driven the car, too, and one thing that I would add that doesn't get into the powertrain quite like you guys did, 
but they've uh, repackaged the battery for the hybrid. So the rear seats fold down. Mm -hmm. You don't lose right. trunk yes. space. Yeah. So not only is it driving as well and get the fuel economy, it's made the car much more usable. Yeah. Right. Okay, there's another one here that uh, caught my attention. The Lexus UX, a three-motor hybrid electric. What do you mean three-motor? Two motors are in the front in the transmission, one acting as a starter generator. The other one is actually helping to drive the wheels. Uh, and then, so, so it's a front-wheel drive architecture, uh, transverse, and then uh, they add all-wheel drive to it by putting a third motor in the rear differential. So it's, it's not always working. It's working when, it, you, know, when you need that, that all-wheel drive system. Uh, so this is pretty much ideal for these conditions. A lot of people don't really need all-wheel drive all the time. So when you need it, it's there. You know, and, and, you, know, you don't have to switch anything. It's it's going to be there when it you know when it needs to be, uh, but it's it's um, it's an evolution of the of the Camry hybrid, which made our list last year. And Toyota, you might know, has this new generation of of uh, four cylinder engines. They call it Dynamic Force. That's their you know, that's their their uh, nomenclature. Two point five liters was the Camry hybrid that made our list last year, uh, and now this year that similar system adapted for this new Lexus. CUV called the UX uh, is a smaller engine, two liters, same engine family, with the more advanced hybrid propulsion. You know the you know, the three motor mm -hmm. system, and it just really impressed us. Uh, you know, upper 30s in terms of fuel economy, and a you know in a CUV, nothing wrong with that. Pricing is right. You know, Toyota's gotten really good at, uh, and and you know the same was true with Honda, uh, not adding that much of a premium to the sticker price to go from standard powertrain to hybrid powertrain. Mm -hmm. Super electric vehicle, you know, really a great, great hybrid and really shows how this electrified all-wheel drive will start to come into uh, production. And I think we'll, we'll see it also coming in the Prius. I love this idea of the third motor, and I would kind of believe that other automakers would look at putting an electric motor in the back to get all-wheel yeah. drive. Mm -hmm. Now you don't need a prop shaft going all the way to the yeah, back right. of the vehicle, so you don't right. need that big hump in the floor. Wires and right. batteries, it saves weight, it's, it saves complexity, and you, get the, you can uh, scale it for exactly the amount of all-wheel drive needed in the vehicle. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, another one, uh, let's take a, a step back from the electrified versions. The piston engine isn't dead. Infinity has come out with this variable compression engine. <laughs> Who wants to explain what that's all about? Oh, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, I got to drive this a number of times, and uh, including on the uh, Infinity test track out in Arizona. And, I mean, when you consider what's going on inside this engine, where this patented multi-link is actually changing the, the length of the stroke to change the compression ratio while the thing is spinning at 5,000 RPM, it's just a stunning achievement. Uh, uh, you know, years in development, but it works and it creates what I characterize as uh, Honda VTEC-like power at 1,600 RPM. It's fantastic. And again, you, you cannot feel it uh, as this mechanism inside switches mm -hmm. to change the compression ratio. When you know that it's happening, uh, it, it's the time that you're really stepping on it. So um, in, during steady state cruising, 
you're in low compression. I'm sorry, no, high compression. In high compression, right. fuel efficiency, higher efficiency. Yeah. But then, when you really trounce it, you're switching immediately to low compression, and it feels like you're getting a kick in the pants. Yeah, you know, you, you're just getting this this extra push. And you know, the numbers are not wildly, uh, you know. 268 horsepower and 280 pound-feet of torque. It, you know, by today's standards, there's, you know, there's nothing remarkable about those about those numbers. But it's just the switching in the compression ratios that that makes such a difference in everyday driving in that vehicle. Hmm. Okay, great Let's fuel go. economy too. I got to give that oh, plug. Right. 25, 25, 26 miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. I drove the thing out to Long Island and back with three adults and luggage, and yeah, 25, 26 miles per gallon. And uh, I'm right, too, I think, in saying that uh, the Altima, the Nissan Altima, Altima now gets this engine, this, too. Right. Yep. And, and this replaces, uh, I mean, what they put it up against is their 3.5 V6. So they're, they're equating the uh, power output to the V6 and showing a 27% gain in fuel economy against the V6. So Even though it's a two-liter uh, four-cylinder. Four-cylinder, right. right. Yeah, yeah. More with less. More yeah. with, right. Very interesting. Okay, uh, another interesting uh, one that's on the list, uh, going back to just uh, non-electrified, is this BMW Turbo 6. Yeah. Is this an inline 6? Inline 6, of course, John. (laughs) (laughs) You can't have a BMW V. So I I ran some numbers on this. Uh, BMW has 34 Ward's 10 Best Engines trophies. Uh, so they, they Is that have, the most? They, well, now, as of this year, because Ford has two, they are tied. So BMW and Ford both come in at 34. And, and we just and, mentioned how this uh, variable compression ratio replaces the 3.5 V6 at Nissan. That was on the list a long time, too, it was. wasn't it? Oh, forever. 14, yeah, yeah. 14, uh, yeah, there were 14 years in a row where that engine was on the list. It, it was improved incrementally over the time, but, you know, Drew has said a number of times, you know, there's no way that an engine, you know, could get another 14 years in a row on the list because there's such turnover the in, patient in the technology. Today. Right. So and we'll, and we'll year, get into some of that technology, and, yeah. but, but stick with the Turbo 6 from BMW for that. Right. Moment. So BMW has 28 of those 34 trophies are for inline six engines. Okay. So it tells you 28 of them. All right. So they know what uh, they're doing. They know what they're doing. And this is, so this is the newest generation of their inline six turbo. Uh, it's, it's a twin scroll turbo. It's called the B58. And the B58 made our list in 2016 when it was all new. Uh, and then it made it again in 2017. And now it's been adapted. It's been improved upon, uh, with, you know, better breathing, more efficiency, you know, Friction reduction uh, as it's being paired up with this all-new X5, large, uh, good, I should say mid-size to large CUV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we were getting 21, 22 miles per gallon, and it makes all sorts of power, 340 horsepower, 332 pound-feet of torque, uh, and it's a joy to drive in, in all circumstances. Uh, the stop-start system is great, shuts off, comes back on seamlessly. Automakers in general, we're finding, are doing really well with the stop-start systems, and so yeah, BMW is right there with uh, you know with some of the most refined engines out there. Okay, let's move away from pistons and gasoline and yeah. diesel fuel for the moment. Let's talk electric. And why don't we start with the the Hyundai Kona EV? Why did you choose the Hyundai Kona to make the list? Well, we had a number of EVs that were in contention. We had the Nissan Leaf, the BMW i3. We had the Chevy Bolt, which is a which made the list last year. Mm-hmm. 
But the Kona makes 200, you know, the, the range is 258 miles. The Bolt was 238. 38. Uh, so basically it boiled down to, okay, range. <laughs> it's range and driving enjoyment. We found that all of the electrics that we drove this year were really good. I mean, really fun to drive, especially that no BMW. No Tesla on the list. No Tesla on the list. We, you know, we tried to get one to test mm -hmm. and couldn't. So, um, and, and it probably would have come in under the $64,000 price cap, mm -hmm. uh, but we couldn't get one. Uh, if you're watching, we'd love to have a Tesla yeah. in the competition. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the, the Kona is just grand to drive and then and then you punch sport mode yeah. and the thing just zip goes. He was peeling rubber like all the time. Like, I, was every, every time I also was want to say that, that didn't the EPA rate the Kona EV as the most efficient EV? Uh, uh, I would believe that. Be I, I think if you look at mm -hmm. how much range you get per kilowatt hour, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I think they, uh, I think Tesla had it, and I think the Kona may have mm -hmm. just surpassed it. Well, I mean, I, we're talking incrementally, but still. Well, so, but I think that's I, I, what we saw too. Yeah. So uh, the car had uh, showed better range than the mileage. Well, and my anecdote was uh, I, I, I drove 23 miles home and only burned off 14. Uh, miles of range, and that I, I don't never experienced that before. Mm. You can you can do all sorts of crazy things if you're driving along and you just shut off the heat or the air conditioning for a few minutes. You'll watch that number, you know, you'll gain like 15 <clears throat> miles of range just by shutting it off for a little while. Right. So anyway, it's interesting. But uh, Tesla, I think for the Model Three has a has two different batteries. One is 220 miles of range. One is 310. So um, anyway, yeah, okay. There's another electric car that doesn't use batteries right. for propulsion. It's a fuel cell vehicle. Yeah. So you guys put the, and here's yet another Hyundai. They must be pretty yeah. pleased. The, the Hyundai Nexo with the fuel cell. It's, it's astonishing. And we're, we're really into, even though they're, they're, you know, low volume and everything, they're really important technology. And you can pretty much only buy them in California. Right, mm -hmm. right. So uh, we're good enough. We get one here, and, and uh, Hyundai has a tech center nearby that we can refuel it. And so we get some good testing in. But uh, uh, it's, it's a enormously important technology, and it's advancing really fast. So uh, and with the Nexo, what they've done is it's now packaged where there's the tanks are very important. Uh, now there's you're not sacrificing leg room anymore or cargo room, and you get uh, uh, 380 miles, almost 400 miles to a tank full. So that's significant there. Um, oh, the engine, it, it drives. It's fun to drive. Um, and it's also, I mean, from an industry standpoint, they are standardizing the tanks, the valves, and everything, which are very expensive, uh, so that the, uh, they're, they're the same as is used in its commercial fuel cell vehicles for buses and, and heavy trucks and things. So you're getting scalability, which is going to lead to um, lower costs and, and, and uh, higher volumes. So this is the third fuel cell to make our list. The Tucson fuel cell from Hyundai also made Hyundai. it with 265 miles of range. Last year, the Honda Clarity fuel cell made it with uh, 366 miles of range. This one has 380. So, mm -hmm. Another quick point, you know, with winter upon us, I imagine these fuel cells do not lose range like a battery electric does when it gets really cold. Right. Yeah, we've sure. seen a little bit of a drain, but nothing like you see in batteries where you can lose 30, 40 percent yeah. sometimes. I, I've even range. seen 50 yeah. when it gets cold enough. Yeah. Okay, one last car on the list. Yeah. I'm saving the most fun, I think, <laughs> oh, for last. Oh. Mustang 5-liter V8. Ooh. 
So there, there, there's still life in the piston engine. Yeah. Oh, is there ever? Yeah. And let's enjoy it while it lasts, yeah. right? And we, uh, we tested it both in the Mustang GT, but also in the Bullet. And oh, it, 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 you only add 20 horsepower, but when you get these engineers working on all the right calibration. horsepower versus, from versus the 460 GT. horsepower in the GT yeah. to 480 in the Bullet. In the Bullet. Better breathing, new intake manifold yeah. from the GT350, actually. Mm -hmm. Right. It borrows from the Shelby GT350. And, and, I mean, the tuning is perfect to get everything you can out of that, that five-liter V8. And that was the only return winner. Yeah. It had a six-speed manual. Yes, with a <laughs> or, cue ball shifter. Or the 10-speed yeah. automatic as we tested it in, yeah. in the GT, and I loved them both. There's a lot of other performance V8s out there. What was it about this one that it made the top 10 list? Boy. Fuel efficiency, well, you know, compared to, say, the 717-horsepower Hellcat that we tested uh, you know, in the Challenger SRT, uh, we did see better fuel efficiency mm -hmm. in, the, in, in the Bullet. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a seat of pants opinion, right? Uh, you just, there, there are certain, uh, certain aspects that you really appreciate. It's, uh, it's beautiful from animal. minute one. Yeah. You, you, you push that ignition button and the big smile comes across your face. The exhaust burble fills the garage or the neighborhood, and it stays that way until you turn it off. And, and it loves to rev, otherwise than some of the pushrod engines that it would compete with. It's it's um, it it revs more freely. It's it's just it's yeah. We always say, you know, does the does the engine sell the vehicle? And boy, that, that engine sells the vehicle. Look, we've uh, got to wrap this up right now. But Tom, I understand you guys are going to change the name of this we award. Are. We are next year after 25 years, uh, starting now, going into the. The 2020 competition, we're going to call it the Ward's 10 Best Engines and Propulsion Systems. And anyone who's been following our list knows that starting in 2001 with the first generation Prius, we've recognized a whole lot of electrified powertrains, uh, battery electrics, hybrids, plug-in hybrids, fuel cells. I mean, a, a lot of electrification. And so we want to formalize it, codify it. Yeah. Because when you say engines, people think piston engines, right. and you guys clearly are more than just piston yeah. engines with fuel cells, battery, electrics, and yeah, the like. Right. Look, we've got to wrap it up. Fascinating discussion. Tom Murphy, Bob Gritzinger, Drew Winner, thank you for presenting the 10 best engines that are in the market. And propulsion systems. And propulsion <laughs> systems. <laughs> Thanks, John.